What do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting, and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. All right, we want to welcome you to this episode of the Niche Finder podcast. Today, we have the privilege of having Dr. Charles Red. Dr. Red Jr. is a nationally recognized Fortune 500 business leader, adjunct professor, speaker, and ministry founder. With nearly 30 years of exceptional performance in both business and ministry, Dr. Red has a profound approach to developing successful leaders. He is a passionate advocate for Christ and has found the distinct ability to balance both faith and high-profile corporate settings. As a leader in $4 billion Fortune 500 companies, Dr. Red is an innovative business driver whose results are measured not only in the impressive numbers he delivers, but also in the way his teams succeed in the marketplace. Dr. Red has a substantial track record in taking unperforming teams and rapidly transforming them into top performing teams. The organizational culture he creates results in higher retention rates, increased morale, and team stakeholders who strive for excellence. In a civic engagement, as a dedicated and unwavering servant of the people, Dr. Red has been recognized by multiple organizations for his civic leadership. He has worked tirelessly in the school system to train and grow the next generation of student leaders. Dr. Red was also chosen out of hundreds of executives to champion a community initiative to lower crime and jobless rates. He has also served as a youth pastor and discipleship teacher providing God's wisdom to hundreds of people per year. So without further ado, we want to make welcome to the program uh, someone who, uh, in, in, in essence, uh, is, is doing such a great work on the servant leadership uh, standpoint, both in business and in ministry. We're so privileged to have uh, such a man, a man of great worth on our program today in the person of Dr. Red. And by way of this introduction, we want to make you feel welcome. Dr. Red, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Cliff. I really appreciate that. It's a pleasure and a joy to serve and to share with your audience today. I'm looking forward to a great conversation here. 
Uh, well, me too. I'm looking forward to hearing the insight that you have to share. So to just kick things off, uh, why would the audience have a vested interest in your journey? Well, you know, everyone has something of value to offer. Uh, not necessarily everyone has uncovered that value. And what I love to do and what I'm passionate about is helping people get unstuck and to look with inside themselves and and answer some powerful questions that help them see what it is, the full potential that they have. And then to encourage people to set a goal for themselves. And I like to ride alongside of those folks and help them and, and to hear them and to encourage and hold accountable. I think there's so much to offer in society and each one of us has no reason to be jealous or envious of anyone because we uniquely have something of value to offer. And so I think that encouraging and inspiring people is really what I'm all about. And I love to do it. And I'm passionate about that. Excellent. Um, What do you consider to be your niche? Well, when I think about it, I think about, you know, really uh, being a teacher. Um, Teaching is what has always been a part of me. When I think about it, coming from a generation of teachers in my family, and uh, I think about as a child, uh, well, about eight or nine years old, uh, taking my allowance money and bribing the kids in the neighborhood to come uh, in my grandmother's basement and I would hold school. And uh, that was the beginning of what I thought was something that I would eventually do. And I'm still doing it today. And so those were some moments of playing school became a reality uh, where I've been able to teach and lead and coach and actually uh, teach in the higher learning education at the university level. And, And I took joy out of that. So I think the simplicity of being able to explain things has been one my key niche in what I do each and every day. Mm. At the start of your journey, what did you want to accomplish? Well, when I think about that, uh, I've always wanted to help people. Uh, my grandfather was a minister and a presiding elder, a strong administrator in what he did. Uh, my sisters uh, all uh, were in the area of education and administration. Uh, and so that was very important in our family, education. Uh, we we were always uh, it was always instilled upon us to uh, continue to grow ourselves, continue to learn and develop our skills. And I do that today. You know, I go back always trying to learn from people and learn from different subjects. I can remember uh, as a kid uh, wanting to be a history teacher because I was always fond of history. I and so that has always been a part of what I do and, and just being curious. I think being curious is key to continuous learning. That's what I find very important. Uh, so while you're going through this, this journey, uh, what external struggles did you find yourself dealing with? Well, you know, I can think about, uh, you know, I wrote a book. It just reminds me of Don't Stop Now. And really, it's a book about no matter where you're at on life's journey, never give up on your dreams continue to push your way through. And I can remember being told, you, you're you not good enough, you, you know, you don't have what it takes, or being denied of promotional opportunities in the corporate world. Uh, but I always have that mindset of attitude, I show, I will show you. And that has stuck with me today. Uh, even today, when I think about obstacles uh, that may seem impossible, or someone says we can't do, do that, or it's never been done, that's always been a challenge for me to do that. 
I think that started from a personal challenge when I was a kid going into the first grade and my reading was not up to par with the rest of the kids my age at the time. And I can remember very profoundly that my grandmother took the initiative to, to say, son, I'm going to help you uh, with your reading. And uh, she grabbed the whole of the, uh, the Bible next to her nightstand and she says, here, son, open it to the first chapter, the first book in the Bible, I want you to start reading. And she would help me pronounce the words that I didn't know. And we would do this. uh, But after a while, it was an aha moment uh, for me. And at that time, I can remember her stopping me and saying to me very clearly, son, you can read. And what that told me is that that was the uh, validation. That was the confidence that, that gave me to continue on and become a student learner. I went back to school, eventually caught up with my classmates, and that became very much part of what I do today. I'm always reading and uh, identifying different areas that I can improve upon to make myself better. Hmm. So I'm sure you'd appreciate this quote coming from Zechariah chapter 410 in the New Living Translation. It says, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. At the start of your journey, what epiphany did you experience? You know, when I think about my journey and I think about uh, playing school and even a couple of guys uh, playing church, (laughs) uh, I was an outsider looking in my good friends. His father was a pastor and uh, the other friend had a a very good singing voice. And I remember playing church and I was like listening uh, to them. And then uh, it caught on to me because I eventually became a youth pastor. Uh, And um, I developed that that, uh, ministry in discipleship, in helping people become disciples first and then Uh, helping them become disciplers. And I took that even into the corporate world uh, in helping trainees to become trainers. And so that's what I do today. And, And I, you know, all of those things that we do as a child, you look back and you say, wow, you know, that was all part of the master's, uh, vision for my life. And the pieces of the puzzle begin to start coming together. And, uh, I realized that, um, you know, the journey began before I was even formed in my mother's womb. And when I came out, uh, I realized there was something special that God had given me. And that's what I encourage people to understand, that there is something there and we must find it and we must live that life. And then when the time comes that we leave here, we want to live a life of significance at the same time, leave a, a legacy for generations to follow. Hmm. Did you have any internal struggles as you were going through your journey? Absolutely. You know, failing is part of life. Uh, we've all have failed at something at some given point of time. And, and I've certainly had my personal struggles in uh, failing in a, in a, in a marriage. Uh, you know, that was one of the biggest failures, having been married 23 years uh, and then separating. Uh, and that was uh, huge. It's like a death. But the person is still alive. Uh, but when I realized that, um, you know, we, we've had a daughter together and that uh, I wanted her to get the best of both worlds. So, you know, in that, in that particular scenario, uh, I felt like I couldn't minister anymore to couples who were married because I had failed. But what I realized down the road was that God used that fail failing 
uh, because it made me that much more humble and that much more transparent. And when uh, an opportunity came out of nowhere, um, a couple was referred to me and they asked uh, would I do some premarital counseling. And I was very reluctant because I was like, ooh, me? You know, but God used me because I was just being real with them. An experience that in the midst of failing, I fell forward versus being paralyzed and giving up on life, giving up on marriage and family. And uh, I was given a second chance. I'm married again now for uh, the last 10 years. My daughter is um, has grown up to be a very fine young woman and doing well. I'm a, I'm a grandparent now. Uh, and so, you know, things have a way of working out. And uh, I'm just glad about that. Wow. Well, I appreciate your transparency and, and sharing uh, that aspect of your journey. Even when we, you feel like you are unqualified, you find that God still use you for a qualification that was greater and bigger than the than what you thought you were. Um, so thank you. For that. Absolutely. You know, Cliff, yeah. think about this um, when we talk about failing and we all make mistakes in life. But I realized this, that it's not the mistakes that will be judged by, but how we overcome those mistakes. Mm. And I think that was the aha moment for me. And and then the fact of in failing, what did I learn? Uh, and, you know, life lessons are either... Uh, learn and live or live and learn. And I think I'm becoming that much more wiser in learning and living versus just simply living and learning. Hmm. I love it. Um, it reminds me of a quote by Winston Churchill that says success consists of going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Last question that I will ask you in this section is what transformation did you experience in this journey? To be real, um, you know, people may look from the outside in and say, well, Dr. Charles is doing a lot of great things and he's he's got a lot of this and that. But you know what? Underneath that, I'm just like you. And, and uh, there's um, fears, there's uh, struggles in life. Uh, but what I realize is that uh, when we're able to share with one another and grow together, and the exchange uh, and when people see the realness and they see the um, the honesty come forward, then there's a partnership there of trust and uh, reality sits in is that, you know what, uh, I can I can always count on uh, Brother Red to be um, a straight shooter, uh, a, a person who opens himself up and gives himself. And it's an exchange because there's something in you that I need and something in you uh, you need. It, it, it works together. And, and that's what I enjoy because iron sharpens iron. Mm. I love it. So that's your journey and at least a snippet of your journey. But right now, I really want to focus on what I believe to be uh, your niche. And niche really falls into five different categories. The first one is, uh, what are you passionate about? What do you do that you have a strong interest in? The second, um, purposeful. What do you do that feels meaningful to you? Uh, The third is patterns. These are the things that you do naturally well. The fourth, proficiencies. This is what you've learned to do well over time. And lastly, problem solving. What do people 
people come to, to you to solve in a unique way. So if we go right back up to the top, uh, what do you feel passionate about? What exactly ignites you or what has ignited you in Tom's past that you think is it's setting people on fire? Right. <laughs> and, and, and what I mean by that is that aha moment when they realize that they are someone that has something of value to offer the world. And, you know, I, I, I think about uh, all of the great athletes and entertainers and all the people that do that have found their niche, their passion. And we admire them. But I like to encourage those individuals that have not found theirs to find theirs and to really sell out to it and let that become the way forward because that will open up even more doors for them to do even more. And that's the beauty about it. We have something that we do very well and we just got to listen and we've got to see within ourselves what that is and go after it. Mm. Uh, What do you do that feels purposeful? What do you do that when you do it, you feel like I was made for this moment? I found that um, when I speak to people, I have the ability to make things plain in simple terms. And I didn't always recognize that. But then the feedback that I get uh, is that I have a balance of being able to tie in a an example. Um, it's kind of like what we see in the in the Bible parables uh, as Christ was used these parables for uh, these learnings to help people understand what all it means. I use a lot of sports analogies, people say, but they relate to uh, what the point is that I'm trying to make. And it's conveyed in a way that they understand it. I think I've been good at that. Uh, and that's been helpful to people to understand. Now, your patterns, uh, what do you do naturally well? I'm quick on my feet. Uh, and I'll give you an example of that. Um, I was 17, 18 years old. And at church, we had uh, a youth revival meeting. Uh, and it was on a particular Friday. And I was serving uh, as support uh, for this event. But on that particular day, the speaker did not uh, show up. Uh, the speaker got cold feet, being a youth himself, probably was intimidated by the crowd or what have you, just didn't show. So one of the organizers out of the blue came to me and said, uh, uh, Brother Charles, uh, the speaker is not showing up. We, we need a speaker and you do it. Um, Most people probably would have ran out of the room, but I took that initiative and got in front of those folks. And just like my grandmother got got me in front of the the word to to learn how to read, uh, I turned to one of the stories in the Bibles that I had been, um, you know, I read and I knew about. And I shared that and never looked back. That was something that somebody saw something in me that I didn't know was there, but uh, it was revealed and and I did it with God's help for sure. Hmm. 
you know, you know what I love about um, what you teach and is similar to even what we share on Niche Finder. Just like look back to see what you got. That, that quality that you got, there's something inside of you that's special. Uh, in my book, Dream Octane, I share two examples. I, I, I call it like Mike section and it really shared an example of Michael Jordan's, um, you know, journey into success and Mike Tyson's journey into success. And when the, the two of them were um, around 14 and 15, Michael Jordan saw something in himself and he, re- re- you know, he was uh, indomitable in his in his pursuit to um, get on the varsity team that he failed to make the year before. Obviously, he made it and the rest is history. Right. And so um, but Mike Tyson, on the flip side, he did not see that he by, by the time he was 14, 13, actually, he had been arrested 32 times arrested. And so while he was in um, uh, a school for boys in Jonestown, New York, um, someone saw something in him. And said, you know, this kid, he got a fighting style about him. He would actually be good if I hooked him up and he hooked him up with a custom model at the time. But it's just like what you're saying. There there are some of us who may see it in ourselves like Michael Jordan and pursue this um, path and just make it better. Right. But there are others that you may just have to humble yourself and like you like you did seize the opportunity that's being presented before you because somebody else sees something special in you that you may not see in yourself at the moment. So, you know, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Now, what problems do people come to you to solve? I've had opportunities to, I'm not a professional counselor, but from a ministerial perspective, I've had many of of folks come to uh, express uh, situations that were going on in their lives. I think I've been able to uh, listen because in counseling, it's about uh, being heard and being heard and two parties coming together, uh, understanding what the other parties are saying. And then I step in and says, okay, this is what I'm hearing from both of you. Uh, Here are some uh, options to explore. And then I encourage them to uh, implement those options. And so I've been effective in helping people uh, be heard and to see options as a way forward. Now, uh, later on in life, I pursue the life coach experience, which I really get great joy out of. And that's not counseling. That's doing a whole lot of listening uh, and really asking some powerful questions and allowing folks to really see within themselves uh, what the possibilities are and to set goals. And then my role is there to encourage and hold accountable. So I've been on both sides of that and people felt like I've helped them from a counseling perspective in the fact that they have been heard and they see a way forward. And from a life coach perspective is that it was already within in them and they were able to see that and make it tangible and set goals to achieve those things that they had already had perceived in themselves. Mm. 
Um, so I appreciate you sharing that portion of what I believe to be your niche. Um, very profound and very um, transparent. And I love the fact that you were able to tie in um, uh, your personal journey in a way that have, has even helped other people succeed. Now, what I would love for you to do is to speak to uh, how you would help yourself and your younger self succeed. Uh, Dr. David Ireland, actually, uh, Pastor David Ireland actually has a great quote. He says, small boys learn to be large men in the presence of large men who care about small boys. And so, you know, it's almost, you know, speaking to uh, the part that I would love for you to speak to now, your 20 year younger self, 25 year younger self, even, you know, wherever you want to place yourself, what would you tell them that was a secret uh, that would help accelerate you from where you are at that moment in time to where you are today? You know, what I touched on learning and living and living and learning. Uh, when I look back, you know, I've got the scars and the hickeys on my head of living and learning and just kind of going through life and, and making mistakes and failing in, in different areas. But good looking back, I learned this process of learning and living from reading one of uh, John Maxwell's books, uh, Leadership. And, and he talked about, you know, um, reaching up to those that are experienced, that have lived the life or the area that you're pursuing and be prepared to ask powerful questions and get answers. Uh, and so when I think back on my uh, younger life, asking more questions from experience as a result, I would have been more wiser and would have made less mistakes. Now, I've learned from those mistakes. As they say, sometimes you learn the hard way, right? Yeah. But looking back, look how much more effective I could have been by getting with people that are smarter than me, more experienced than me, and being prepared to ask questions. You know, I think about um, all the excitement about uh getting people's autographs because they're famous or they've done something really well. That's great. But in addition to getting the autograph, we ought to have uh, five or six questions that we can ask them that will benefit us in our learning and our growth and understanding. Everyone that's ever done anything has experienced something. And so we don't necessarily have to repeat uh, bad experiences we can learn from our own. We can learn from others. And so asking those questions are key. And I'm still asking questions today, uh, even though I, I learned a lot, but I have so much more to learn. But I'm reaching out to people that know things and I'm getting answers and it's making me better for it. And it's allowing me to make others around me better because I'm sharing what I've learned as well. Hmm. You know, inside your, inside that response, and I appreciate you sharing that, I, I almost hear two things. I hear that the individual needs to be humble, but they also need to be aware that they need help, right? Now, mm -hmm. It reminds me of a quote by um, Harriet Tumbit, um, where she said, you know, I freed thousands of slaves and I could have freed a thousand more if only they knew that they were slaves. And so that awareness, I think, is key in, in, in what you're saying. And um, I definitely appreciate you um, kind of flushing that out. Uh, for our community. Uh, what secret is a must-have to getting started and staying committed? You must have drive and initiative. 
That's the one-two punch, you know, the drive for results uh, and the mindset of never, never, ever giving up Mm. that mentality. As I touched upon a little earlier, I could remember, um, you know, people saying I couldn't do this or couldn't do that. Those were uh, words of energy versus uh, taking all of the the wind out of the sail for me it was it was like oh no uh you know you 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 you're wrong i'll show you and and i think that's the mindset we must take because if you listen to people telling you what you can't do then you'll use that as an excuse the rest of your life people have told me what so what headlines are you buying and then tying in Faith, because that has made the difference in giving me the ability to pursue and never giving up. Because I'm, I know in God's word that in, in all things we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and that's been really the foundation in understanding that uh, I have help and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So faith, experience. And just, I'll show you attitude. <laughs> it's made all the difference. Excellent. Uh, now that you've discovered your niche, how challenging is it for you to do what you do? It's not that much challenging because, you know, uh, when you find your passion, you know, people talk about either you get to go to work or you got to go to work. Mm-hmm. When you have passion, you get to go. You love what you do. And you get up anticipating another great and exciting day. You're looking for your next assignment. You're staying up late because you want to stay up late because you just can't stop reading or stop uh, doing what you're doing. Uh, You'll burn, but you won't burn up. (laughs) You know, Uh, and when you got to go, you're looking at your watch, looking how many days left in the week. Uh, you know, it's just not the same. And so it's a wonderful thing to find that what you have been given and to go after. That's why I feel that you should never retire in a sense of do nothing. You know, how many days in a week you're going to play golf or, you know, you're going to become a couch potato or whatever you're going to do. But pursue that which you love all the way instead of wilting away in life. Blaze away on fire. All right. <laughs> and die empty. All right. I love it. It actually reminds me of a quote by Theodore Roosevelt where he says, Let's run, let's rather run the risk of wearing out than rusting out. And I <laughs> really, <laughs> I really, really speaks to that. Uh, what secrets do you have to staying consistent in what you do? You know, when you know what you can do and that you do it well, become the best at what you do. Someone said this, you know, when you follow your passion and and you know you have a gift and you do it so well that you would even offer your services and do it for free. But because you do it so well, people find you and they'll pay you to help them. You know, not that you're in it for the money, but the fact is, is that do you the best and allow your gift to pave way for you to do even more 
Um, I look at the athletes in this regard. So they practice eight, nine, ten hours a day. They work on their diet. They work on their shooting. They work on their game plan or whatever they're doing. They've sold out to it. And they become professionals, an expert. And 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 then what they they make great money, right? But then they do other things in the community to expand their brand. But what got them there was their expertise of giving their all to what it is that they have, that talent. And that's what we we should all do is give it all to what we have. And then that allows us to expand to even do more. I think that was an aha moment for me. I've had many experiences of different things. As you've heard the expression, a jack of all trades and a master of none. I encourage people to be a master of something and then expand and grow in other areas as well. Hmm. I love it. Um, so, so this is this is one of my, my my favorite questions. This is second to the last question, and and here it is: uh, How do you know when it is time to change course versus staying focused on your goal? That's a good question. Uh, you know, that's a real good question, Cliff. And I, I would just say that when you love to do something. Um, Go for it, because when you're in a position where you're not happy uh, and you're going through the motions, it just doesn't work. You get sick sometimes, you get your energy is zapped up, uh, you complain more than, you know, you probably should. Why live a life of misery and unfulfillment? And sometimes you feel that way. You know, as a person of faith, sometimes God makes us feel a little uncomfortable where we're at. So we get nudged to go to the place where we should be. You know, I I can think back in my life on life's highway of getting off on the wrong exit. (laughs) You know, but God allows for us to uh, make a U-turn and get back on course And I just really think when people say they're on the verge of being burned out or everything seems to be going the wrong way for them, those are signs to let you know, to check where you're at on life's journey and make a shift. I call that the valley of decision. All right. You get into the valley of decision from time to time, but you'll get to that mountaintop and you really feel great about it because you know where you've been and you know the feeling of being in that mountaintop experience. Mm, that's beautifully said. I, I appreciate that. Um, last question that I have for you. Um, what action items are must have that you feel to discovering your, your niche or discovering what you what they do uh, value? What action items would you want to give to our niche finder community that's, that you believe are a must have to get started? I would say first, dream out loud. See the vision. See the end. Make it tangible. What do you mean tangible? Paint the picture. It's like, for example, you know, I aspire to continue to speak the audiences. And so the tangible picture for me is a football stadium filled with people and a podium uh, there in the middle of the field and speaking to thousands of people. Now, that, I'm not there today, but it's something to go after. 
and keeping it before you each and every day, you'll get there. You may take one step at a time, but if you stay focused, you'll get there. Uh, I'm reminded of a, uh, a woman who had raised her kids and became an empty nester. She had never finished college. She decided that she was going to go back to school and get her degree. Where a lot of friends would say, well, you don't need to do that. You've raised your family. Your children are doing great. Look forward to being a grandma. Uh, and she listened, but she still enrolled in school. And that very first semester, she went to the bookstore. She saw a cap and gown hanging, hanging there. She tries it on. She stands in front of the mirror and she sees herself graduating, even though she was a freshman. She would do that year after year, and she eventually graduated and went into the field of social work and, and, and helping other families now. The fact is, is that she never gave up on something that she could see, mm. and something that she would look at almost on a regular basis. And she put a plan together and worked her way to the fulfillment of that dream. So what's your dream? Uh, you got to start somewhere, but never take your eye off of the prize or the goal or the dream. You'll get there. Mm. That's my advice. All right. <laughs> I love it. Uh, if someone wanted to get in contact or want to get in contact with you, uh, what's the best means of doing that? Well, check out my website. You can go to drcharlesred.com. That's my website. I have a lot of things there I offer. You can check me out on LinkedIn. Uh, you can check out uh, my uh, weekly podcast. Uh, deals with inspiring people, getting them off to a great start. Talks about purpose, passion, teamwork. You can just uh, type in Dr. Charles Red Speaks. Uh, and you can find me uh, just about anywhere. Just Google me and I'm there and I'm here to help. So uh, <laughs> thank you for allowing me to share that. And that's red with a double D at the end. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, remember that uh, red fox? That's yes, uh, R-E-double-D. Yes. All right. <laughs> Excellent. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can always reach us on dreamoctane.org, where you get the latest and greatest, greatest things on how to discover, develop, and deliver your niche. And you know, our motto is simple, is um, if innovative change is an engine, we believe your unique dream and ability could be its fuel. Thank you for tuning in today. Day. And thank you again, Dr. Red, for being part of this program and sharing such great wisdom and insight, both from scripture and also from your life. I appreciate your transparency, your honesty, and the great work that you're doing in the sphere of your influence. Thank you again for tuning in, and we appreciate everything that you're doing. Thanks again.